Thanks for listening to Hey Kerwin. If you would like your questions answered, don't forget to use the hashtag Hey Kerwin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. The first question of this one is from Joanna Miller. How do you accept others' poor decisions even when you've tried to enlighten them? <laughs> How do you accept others' poor decisions even when you have tried to enlighten them? Well, thank you, Buddha. Um, well, first and foremost, what other choice do you have? Like, I think one of the biggest challenges that we have is the resistance to acceptance. You know, because the only way, the only, the only reason that we have pain, the only reason we have, in most cases, mental anguish, is when we resist the, the now, when we resist, resist the reality of what's going on. Um, and then when we become resentful because, well, I told you so, which is an absolute recipe for relationship disaster, whether it be on an intimate relationship, you know, or even just a friendship or even in a work relationship for the most part. Um, you know, I think the, the most important, you know, if we look at fundamentally what most people are looking for, fundamentally what most people are looking for is they're looking to be accepted for who they are, you know, for their warts and all, and even for their bad decisions. You know, sometimes we need to understand that people need to make bad decisions in order to create their own lessons. Not everybody wants to be led, you know, not everybody wants to have their hand held, not everyone wants to be shown the right way to do things. And I'm, in many cases, I, I relate to being one of those people. Like I am really, like I'm much better now, you know, with maturity 43 years later at being given advice and following that advice. But for the first 20, 25 years of my life, I don't think I listened to anybody. But I also believe the reason I am where I am right now is because for the first 25 years of my life, I didn't listen to anybody. And now as a result of all these enormous mistakes that I made, I created incredible life lessons, you know, skills, knowledge, experience, and life lessons that fundamentally have led me to where I am today. Now, does that mean that every person who doesn't follow your advice, who makes a bad decision, who makes a mistake is going to learn the lessons that's required? No, it's not. But, you know, it's not up to you to enlighten anyone, you know, and that in itself, and I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way, but that in itself is a little bit egotistical and arrogant in, in, in its own right. You know, enlightenment is something that comes from within. Enlightenment is not something that comes from without. Uh, and by sitting there and viewing your ability to, you know, enlighten others, you know, either through conversation or through, you know, or, or, or through direction or advice, you know, I would say start looking at you because you, you, you might be the problem in this relationship, not necessarily them. And I'm not saying that that is the situation or that is the case because can advice enlighten us? You know, can, you know, helping people make the right decisions enlighten them? Yes, but not because you give someone advice because, you know, if you give someone some information and they happen to process it internally in a very specific way that might switch the lights on in a way where they become you know perhaps slightly more enlightened um, but you we don't enlighten anyone no one is enlightened by another the only enlightenment that we create comes from within as a result of the relationships that we create from the outside world and our inside world and you know you might be a part of that but to take responsibility or even to try and own someone's enlightenment Come on, man, that's, that's just not the cool way to do it. So first and foremost, if you're so enlightened that you're wanting to share your enlightenment, demonstrate what enlightenment looks like. Because to me, you know, an enlightened being is someone who doesn't judge. An enlightened being is someone that doesn't try and force others to do, you know, the things that they may perhaps don't want to do. An enlightened being is someone who allows others their own experience and doesn't judge them for not listening to yours. So my advice is focus on you, bro. You do you, boo. You do you. Next question comes from, this is probably the longest Instagram handle I've ever seen. Okay. Firmer Sontagender Wush. Wow, I'm not even going to try and firm. Uh, How do you deal with shyness? 
With strangers, I'm extremely closed off and need weeks before I feel comfortable. Ah, I can totally relate. And this is the strange thing, and you've probably seen aspects of it, but a lot of people don't really understand that I am actually a pain, I can be painfully shy. Like if I'm in an environment, if I'm in a situation, if I'm in a circumstance where I don't know a lot of people, oh my God, I am like captain introvert and I literally just want to go and hide behind a pot plant. Um, but the way that I deal with my shyness is first things first, I recognize my shyness for what it is, which is on some levels, it's a level of introversion. It's a, on some level, it's you know, this level of fear of how I'm going to be perceived by others. But on the other side of the equation, it's also an opportunity for growth. Like for me, whenever I'm feeling shy or whenever I'm feeling the desire to be introvert, you know, I see that on, on some levels in certain situations, depending on my energy, as a challenge now. Whereas before when I felt shy or before when I felt introverted, you know, my first response was to run, to hide, to find a pot plant and just blend in. You know, whereas now I've literally, you know, rewired my brain. And again, a lot of this comes down to energy because if I'm feeling tired, man, and I'm feeling shy, the last thing I'm going to do is push myself out of my boundary. But what I've done now, the same with, the same with, you know, most forms of fear or most forms of pain or most forms of discomfort. Like when I feel fear, pain or discomfort, you know, nine out of 10 times I've programmed my brain to advance, to go into the discomfort, to go into the fear, to go into the pain, because I understand that's where the growth is. And to me being shy or being introverted, it's exactly the same thing. It's just a context driven that is most in most situations, you know, of a social nature. So, you know, to me, being shy is social discomfort. You know, it's social pain. It's social fear. And it's just learning to respond differently when that stimulus presents itself and realizing that when we feel social discomfort, when we feel social fear, when we feel social pain, there's a number of responses that we can take. But there's two fundamentals. We can move away or we can move towards. If we move away, we reinforce those patterns, we reinforce those habits, and we reinforce that relationship between the stimulus and the response, meaning it's bad. Or the second thing we can do is we can move towards and we can actually engage in you know, what we'd refer to as exposure therapy, where we actually expose ourselves to the high levels of you know, the, the pain, the high levels of fear, the high levels of, excite, uh, uh, of shyness or introversion to a level where after a while, the pain starts to diminish, the pain starts to subside, and it becomes more of a natural process whereby, you know, this, this social interaction doesn't necessarily have to be a painful one. You know, do this five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, you know, in a day, it starts to feel a little bit more like there's a level of flow and there's a level of ease to it. Uh, but my advice, you can either use it as a warning to run away or you can use it as an opportunity uh, or a challenge to step into and grow. Uh, and what you do with it, you know, it's, it's not my choice. I'm not going to enlighten you. Uh, that's something that you've got to choose to do on your own bat. And so, uh, yeah, take that for what it is and do what it is that you want. Yeah. Amanda 1642. Amanda 1642. Wow, she's old. Uh, whenever one under I wonder if she's like the very first Amanda that was ever known. You know that joke? Like you know. ring up somebody and say, is Amanda there? Amanda who? Amanda Hug and Kiss? Is there Amanda Hug and Kiss in the room? Watch The Simpsons. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah. When everyone underestimates your capabilities, where do you find the strength to push, push through challenges? Internally. Like there's a, this is some interesting threads going on here. Like where I find 99% of, of my strength doesn't come from the outside world. Actually, no, I'd say 90% of my strength comes from inside and the 10% that comes from the outside, 99.99% of that comes from a little individual called Noah, which is my son. You know, oftentimes when it comes to requiring strength to do things that we don't have, you know, it's a mental game. It's being able to create the relationship between, you know, what, what it is that you need to do and what it is that is required 
from you in order to do it. And all that comes down to, the, to is the self-talk in our head. So for me, strength is not something, look, if you're looking on the outside world for strength, then you, your world will be fundamentally governed by you know, whether or not the thing or the person or the situation or the circumstance is present in order for you to be strong, which means you are completely powerless. You know, an empowered person, an empowered perspective is one where the strength is, is originated, is generated from within. You know, it comes from a psychology, it comes from a perspective, it comes from a relationship with self whereby you understand that an empowered person, the power lies within, the power lies within here and the relationships between what it is that we want and the meanings we create. Because if we look at a situation and a thing that we want, and we require strength. In most cases, we require strength because we look at this thing, we may perhaps feel disempowered, but what we perhaps don't do is explore, well, why do I feel disempowered? What is the talk track that is going on upstairs? What are the suggestions that I'm giving to myself right now? What is the relationship between what this is and what this means and my re reaction and my response to it? You know, the way that we become empowered is by becoming conscious, is by becoming self-aware of our relationship between self and the stimulus, between self and the thing that we want, but then becoming aware of the dialogue that's going on inside because the dialogue that's going on inside here this this is suggestion this is self-suggestion it's you know uh, it's auto auto suggestion it's self-hypnosis and whatever we say to ourselves on a repeated basis internally becomes expressed externally in some form of a physical behavior and if you're not physically behaving in the situations that require strength in the way that you want then it would be fair to say that there is a level of conditioning psychologically that's required at a thought level to suggest over and over and over and over and over and over over and over and over times infinity plus one to get to the point where the psychology builds strength because a strong mind builds a strong body and a strong body doesn't just necessarily happen you know it happens as a result of a level of discipline and structure and order that's happening upstairs so for me my advice to you if I was talking to myself right now is find the strength from within. Stop looking for strength from without. You know, although I get strength from my son, like we're talking like a 10% factor here because there are certain situations where I feel mentally not, not like there's been situations before I'm training and I'm, and I'm doing a max rep set and I'm feeling like, oh my God, I don't know if I've got the kit to do this. And I literally think to myself, what would Noah want me to do? And if Noah was here right now, what would be the example that I'd want to set for him? And so when that happens, boom, baby, I click into fucking overdrive and I smash out what it is that I need to do. But that's my 10%. You know, if it was the other way around, if it was, you know, I needed, you know, to tap into his perspective or to his presence 90% of the time and I only had my own internal 10%, I would be, I would be governed by my ability to be around him or to think about him. And was for me, you know, that's just disempowering. Like empowerment comes from within. Choose your own thoughts, become, become conscious, deliberately hand select and choose or define the suggestions and the thoughts that you want. Understand that the thoughts that become things, so choose the thoughts that you want to manufacture the external response that you're looking for based on an internal dialogue that is deliberate, not desperate. Because most people, the dialogue that's going on up here, it's not something that they've hand selected, it was something that was given to them by someone in their life at some previous point. Um, you know, so don't take, you know, so don't take the scraps of the thoughts that were given to you, define, choose and decide the thoughts that you want to produce the behaviors that you, that will, will, that will be created as a result of thinking differently. Because every behavior is nothing more than a product of a thought pattern. And if your behaviors are producing, uh, if your behavior, if you're not producing the behaviors that you want, then you need to reflect on the thought patterns that you're thinking consistently that are producing those 
external behaviors and then just go, well, okay, if I'm producing these behaviors based on these thought patterns, let's define, decide, create some very deliberate thought patterns that are required, start forcing those thoughts into your head and then over time just start watching those behaviors you know, take place. And it's not something that happens overnight or it can, but the more you think differently and then behave in line with those thoughts, the more it becomes autonomous behavior. And the reason most people don't automatically behave in the way that they want it's because their autonomous behavior has been programmed to produce what they're doing. And it's, it's, it's all a product of, of, of thought. It's all a product of self-hypnosis. You know, all the, our thoughts are nothing more than a self-hypnotic prophecy. Become conscious, become deliberate, choose the thoughts that you want and start acting in line with them because the more those two align, the stronger it becomes and then the more habitual and, and autonomous it, beca that it, it becomes. And then success is like being on autopilot. It just happens. Brady Lane on Instagram says, do I continue to rebuild a relationship with my brother and his wife just to please my parents or should I stop to prevent continuous hurt and rejection? Well, that's a really, that's an intimate question. Look, I don't know the situation. I don't know the circumstance. I don't know the context. I don't know if there's mental abuse or physical abuse or emotional abuse involved. Now, that's really tough. At the end of the day, just my advice is do what makes you happy. Um, you know, but do it in an environment whereby there is, uh, there is health, there is harmony, and then there's, you know, there's a level of, you know, look, to me, the most important things in my life is harmony. And if I've got family members that when I spend time with them, it creates disharmony. Look, I mean no disrespect to the, to the family that I spend little time with. I just don't spend time with them. And it doesn't mean that I ignore them from my life completely. It just means that I spend, in most cases, a lot less time with them because of the disharmony that's created. Uh, and, and one of the, you know, I've got to the stage in my life where my happiness isn't dependent on what someone wants from me, wants me to do. Like, for example, you know, if my, if I had a, a family member that wanted me to spend time with another family member in order for them to be happy, you know, I'd be very consciously aware and be engaging in the conversations that I don't control their happiness. You know, it is not, I am not responsible to spend time with someone that causes me mental, physical or emotional pain to make someone happy. That's their deal. That's their jam. They need to focus on their game. They need to do them. You do you, boo. That's my favorite saying right now. You focus on you because when we think about this, the life that we're in, you know, why do, why do most people, Maddie, why do you think most people do what they do? Like, why do you think most people chase money? Why do you think most people chase a relationship? Why do you think most people chase health? Because they want to be happy. Find out what makes you happy. And if spending time with your brother and his wife doesn't make you happy, then don't do it. Um, but, you know, think about the consequences of that in relation to the other family members and make it, you know, an, an, an educated or, or a very deliberate decision. But at the same time, if the reason spending time with your brother and his wife, you know, makes you unhappy is because of your own stuff, because they're bringing up your own stuff, then maybe there's some work that you need to do. You know, if they're not physically or mentally or emotionally abusive towards you, but just being around them triggers you, that is an indication for growth. That is an indication for work that needs to be done. So that doesn't mean necessarily that you should spend less time with them, that indicates perhaps you should be looking at what it is that they do that triggers you, that brings up your stuff. Because whether it be you know, our family, whether it be our friends, whether it be our kids or our loved ones, those that trigger emotions within us are there by design to show us the work that needs to be done. And if there is work that needs to be done based on triggers that we experience, then do the fucking work, mate. Do the work. 
And that means if you need to go and sit and talk to someone, talk to someone. If you need to read some books, read, read some books. If you need therapy, do therapy. If you need to enter, you know, some form of recovery because it's related to some form of, you know, addiction on some level of the spectrum, then do whatever work is required. But please understand, if this person brings up stuff for you and you choose not to see them, there's going to be someone else that's going to bring that stuff up. It may not just be in the form of a brother. It may be in the form of a friend. It may be in the form of a relationship. But here's what I know. You know, if you can get yourself to a place in life where no matter what anyone else does, you can be you without being triggered, you've won. You've won, which means you can spend time with certain family members. You can spend time with certain friends that push your buttons, but you just don't respond. You just don't react. And that to me is the greatest level of freedom. But if you, you know, those, you know, whatever you need in life will control you. And if you are controlled by the, by the ability of others to push your buttons, then you know, you'll be indiscriminately fucked with your entire life in situations where you will perceive it to be completely beyond your control. But if you want to get the control of your life back, start looking at what your buttons are, start exploring your triggers and start doing the work around what that is so that you can get to the point where people can sit there and press every single fucking button on the, on the computer, but you just sit there and go, hey, it's cool. I understand people behave this way. That's okay. You know, and that really comes back fundamentally to acceptance, you know, accepting your brother for who they are, accepting your mother for who they are, accepting your, you know, your, your, your brother's wife for who they are and not requiring them to be something different so that you can be happy. Just be happy being you. And the, more, the happier you can be being you, the less requirement you have to determine or, or to dictate to others how they need to behave around you in order for you to be happy. People are who they are. You know, and we are who we are. We can't control the thoughts and the behaviors and the actions of others, but we can certainly control our own. So you do you, you work on you, you do your work. And if that involves being with them, be with them. If that involves not being with them, don't be with them. But ultimately, fundamentally, just focus on the things that make you happy. But don't do it in this obnoxious way where people go, well, you know, this person pisses me off, so Kurt was giving me permission not to speak to them ever again. Yeah, but if they're pissing you off for reasons uh, that you need, for reasons or situations or circumstances around triggers that you need to do work on, it ain't going to be about this person. Someone else is going to pop up to take their place. This is how the universe works. Do the work. You'll be fine. Good luck with that. Another good question. Mm, that's episode 31. That's episode 31 of the Hey Kerwin Show. We are in the dirty 30s. Uh, the question of the day. What is your number one trigger when it comes to dealing with your family? Identify what the trigger is. Be open, be honest, but then you give yourself the opportunity to go, right, what work might be required? I'm just curious into what is the number one trigger that you have? You don't even have to relate it to a family member, but what is the number one? What is the thing that pisses you off the most? Because if you know exactly what that is, then that'll be a great indication of work that needs to be done for you to get to the other side so that you can't be controlled. And those that can't be controlled are empowered. Good luck with that one. Welcome to the Dirty 30s of the Hey Kerwin Show. Till next time, say hi to your mum for me. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Hey Kerwin, where you have the questions and I give the answers.